the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferrets Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with Your Personal Bank. Now here's Ferrets Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. Well, today I'm going to discuss my thoughts on this upcoming election, this midterm election, because it's going to be happening here very soon, depending on when you listen to this show. And I just want to share some of my general thoughts and what, you know, well, what I feel is important. How's that? Obviously, depending on what happens, unlike, you know, we've talked about many times before, I was not that involved. I I should say this from a political standpoint until a couple of years ago or so when, as I've stated many times, the COVID shutdowns, I just did not believe and I still believe that today that our federal government did not have the right, the legal right, to shut down businesses. And I just could not believe that our our government would do that. Now, we've seen many, many things happen since then. And the what I'm trying to get at, I suppose, here is I've never, you know, a lot of people get frustrated with me talking about this or dealing dealing with this, having to deal with it. I'm frustrated, too. In fact, my own wife says, you know, I, I get tired of you talking about the politics all the time. And I suppose because I never used to, like I said, prior to a couple, three years ago. And I think it really boils down to, at least in my lifetime, I never lived in a scenario where the government had so much involvement with my life. And it impacted our lives in so many different ways. And that's what's changed. And I think from a, from a big picture standpoint, the thing that I think is really important is the direction that our country goes is really going to be a very stark contrast. Do we continue down this path that we've been on for the last couple of years or so, where, again, the government is a major, major factor in our lives in terms of how we live, how we communicate, how we, well, what we, for example, how much we pay for things like food and fuel and many myriad of other things. Or do we go back to where the individual citizen, like our Constitution states, has a number of rights and freedoms And we can reasonably expect to not have to deal with the government or have government interfere in our lives in in a significant way most of the time. And I think that's the real big thing. And, of course, the the things that are on the the, uh, ballot coming up are going to dramatically, from an economic standpoint, certainly, but also just from a, a lifestyle standpoint, the society that we live in, it will be different going forward, and I think this is a a watershed moment, this midterm election. I really, truly, truly believe that. 
Um, I've heard many times this is the most important election of our lifetime, and, and many in the past over my lifetime have been important. But the stark contrast being offered this time, because of the actions that the current leadership and the current political party have put in front of us and forced us to deal with, okay, there has never been a more stark contrast Is this, as I've stated many times, going to continue to be the land of freedom and opportunities, or are we going to move towards the land of dependency and where where we look to the majority of people look to government for their basic well-being, to take care of them, if you will? Now, the directions that we go, it's going to be there's going to be opportunities from a from an economic standpoint and, and a financial standpoint, obviously either direction, they will be different, significantly different, but there will be opportunities going forward. So I'm not totally negative. Please understand either way we go, but I, I, I certainly have a preference, a strong preference. Now, if you want to contact me on how to navigate this going forward, either direction that we end up going, Contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com because I'm going to share a lot of things, both political and economic, in this show. And you're going to see where if you understand how your personal bank works, it's going to help you thrive through either scenario that we deal with going forward. Again, it'll be different and for different reasons, but it will help you not only survive, but actually thrive increase your rate of return, reduce your taxes, gain more control over your money, all those kinds of things, which could be significantly more important as we go forward. Now, the big three things, I believe, that are on the ballot coming up here in this midterm election, it's far less about policy. I mean, it is about policies and personalities and things like that, but and even politics. It's really more, again, about the um, type of life we want to live. And the big three, of course, are fuel prices, inflation, and crime. And just about every poll you read and every person you talk to, no matter where they fall on the political spectrum, agree with those three things. And I think it, it just nearly every person, every individual, I'm gonna, and I'm going to touch on these three things, hopefully if we have enough time today, but The one that's probably impacting us the most is fuel, the price of fuel increasing, which is also helping contribute to the inflation. So it sort of has a dual thing going on. And most everyone, I mean, every time you go to the gas station to purchase gas, you're reminded by how much more, you know, that we're paying for fuel far more than than we were a couple of years ago, for example. But it gets, you know, and it started, and I think most people realize this because it started because Biden's administration day one very in a very high profile manner made a big deal about shutting down the Keystone pipeline now that in and of itself would have affected oil supplies and natural gas supplies to this country but what doesn't make it in the media and I've sh- very often I've I've very where very rarely ever seen it is something like eight or ten other pipelines were shut down on the same day. Okay, so when you you shut down, say, a dozen pipe or ten pipelines, that will have an impact. There's just no two ways about it. 
and it's it's again it's gone beyond that it's gone beyond where you know the 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 war on oil the war on fuel um you know has been multifaceted from the Biden administration from everything from you know not, not shutting down pipelines to not allowing leases land to be permitted permitted and 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 you know Least on, on the property, so reduce again, reducing production, right? Not off, and that, some of the latest things are are things like uh, you know the Biden administration has a math error having a real impact on offshore oil production. This is one of the latest, and this has been found to be a problem since something like back in May, according to the National Marine Fisheries Service. They're responsible for determining wildlife impacts on offshore energy projects. Well, guess what? They apparently there was a math error on the number of acres or whatever available for offshore offshore drilling, and the, and they they even themselves determined that they made a math error. In other words, they were not allowing as many leases as they should yet have done nothing about it yet. And this goes back to something like. Uh, April or May of 2022. Here it is. It even states in a letter on April 29th, the administration stated that they would the agency would quickly fix it, and um, and you know, and they haven't. This is uh, we're in October. So again, it's it's not only just shutting down pipelines and 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 having a negative, uh, you know, shutting down uh, you know investments to. Oil production things. It's it's things like just slow, slow, slow pacing. You know permits and things like that. It's just one thing after another after another. And of course, the mo- the most recent being, you know, the release of the st- uh, strategic oil per- oil reserve, which is designed for emergencies only. And what's really sad is our strategic oil pr- oil uh, reserve right now is at the lowest levels it's been since 1984, and. It's only been tapped three times since it was created, and this is all administrations, all presidents, and all three of those times were significant um, emergencies, like the Gulf War was one of them. We had a interruption, obviously, with oil supplies because of war in the Gulf, and that's a purpose for the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That's what it's designed for. And to release 180 million barrels over a six-month period and then another 10 million and another 15 million shortly before the midterm elections because gas prices are, are too high or uncomfortably high due to the policies that Biden administration has been pushing, and it show, it's, it's creating a political problem for them. You know, politi- political problems for whoever's in charge is not an emergency now, obviously, they would argue otherwise because that's what they're doing. But it's a bad look. It's a really, really bad look. And like I said, voters, we need to remember this. The Biden administration has politicized something something that no other administration to previously would ever consider. And that's the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Our emergency supply in case, you know, we have, have a war or or a major um, environmental impact or something, and we need fuel. In fact, just, uh, just found out just recently that the United States now has a 25-day supply of diesel, apparently. And this is uh, apparently according to the National Economic Council. Folks, that is not good news. 
Now, apparently they're working on doing some things to address some of that. But why would this country, a country who has been built the strongest economic system in world history, has created more economic uh, benefits and opportunity for more people than any other any other society in history. And that's a fact. That's an, an arguable fact, okay? Why would we, we be sitting in a situation where we only have a 25-day supply of diesel fuel and we're going into winter where ma- many homes in the Northeast use diesel fuel for heating? And, of course, diesel is what's used predominantly to transport just ev- just about every product that we purchase, including food, things that we absolutely need. This isn't luxuries, folks. This is basic, basic survival type stuff. And it's all caused by the actions, the disaster, I would say disastrous actions of the uh, energy policy that's been currently been going on for now t- nearly two years. So I'm going to encourage you to go out and vote accordingly. If you want more of the same, then vote Democrat. But if you don't, if you think this country is going in the wrong direction, and well over two-thirds of Americans, something like 75%, believe that, you need to vote otherwise. I'm not necessarily a big fan of Republicans, but we need to change the direction. Contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com for more info. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ferentz at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And like I stated in the first segment, I'm really discussing some of my thoughts on this upcoming midterm election. I, again, believe this is the most consequential um, election in my lifetime in terms of direction that this country is headed. And I think there's three major things on the ballot, as I've stated earlier. It's fuel prices current and the current administration's energy policy towards that causes cause these record fuel prices. Talked about that in the first segment. So if you missed it, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows, by the way. The second one is inflation. And inflation uh, is a big one because it's being caused partially by the high fuel prices, which is a significant impact because really it's quite simple. Nearly everything we purchase is transported, including things, basic things we need like food. And so when you increase the cost of, to move something or to build it, make it, manufacture it, it, it creates higher costs. So Energy policy has a key place, a key cause to high inflation. But the other one is too much spending because the spending is is directly a definition of inflation. In other words, too many dollars chasing too few goods and services. And there's a number of things behind that we've talked about. But again, it comes back to uh, a lot of the policies that the current administration is is been foisting upon us. And that's why we're going to talk about that further here in a minute. But that's the problem is like this is an article from um, from the committee. It's from the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget talking about sound fiscal policy is what's missing from the battle against inflation, as this report talks about. And the reality is 
and the Federal Reserve has talked about this, has also made some statements to this effect, is they can continue to keep raising interest rates to curtail demand, but as long as there's still too many, in other, in other words, as long as the government keeps spending too much money, the cause, one of the primary causes of inflation is still there. Um, it's kind of like if you went into the doctor and you had emphysema, well, the first thing the doctor is going to tell you to do is stop smoking, right? I mean, if you just keep smoking, you're going to have a hard time beating it. And that's and essentially that's the problem we're dealing with here is elevated inflation because of too many federal dollars being pumped in the system, too much government spending. I've, this is probably one of the most famous statements this show has I, I, I get responses from is the federal government and, and all governments, state, federal, local, have no money. And that's a key economic fact that a majority of Americans need to understand. Please understand, not everybody will, nor will everyone listen. That's okay. Fortunately, we're in a representative republic. We're not in a democracy. We're not in mob rule. That's what democracy means. We elect representatives to represent us and vote for us. And hopefully, a majority of the time, they do so. And when they don't, then we vote them out, right? The reality is we only need 51%, right, to understand that the federal government, state, local governments, have no money. Where do they get it from? Where do they get their spending? Two sources. One, taxpayers. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something a little controversial here, not politically correct, but I'm sorry, it's the fact. You know, I believe that those that don't have a uh, skin in the game should not have the right to vote to v determine who, how our government spends its money. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you don't pay any taxes and you just receive from the government, why should you have a vote on how the government spends its money? Because, one, it has no money. It gets it from taxpayers, and secondly, it gets it from printing dollars, which creates more inflation, which everyone has to deal with. You know, if you go back in your history, I believe the founding fathers had it right. And that is, you had one thing they had right here was you had to be a landowner to vote. And at the time, it wasn't considered unusual. In fact, most people, even those who did not own land, un understood why should they vote because landowners, were the, that was the wealth at the time. That was the reality. And um, they were the people that had skin in the game and, and would have an influence on how their government would represent them. When you have a representative republic, you need to have skin in the game. So if you pay taxes, if you pay into the system, then you, you have the right to, uh, to have a vote. I feel like that's absolutely correct. If you do not, if you just receive, you just take... Why should you have a voice? Now, again, I know that's not political. I know that's politically popular, but let's be real. <laughs> it, let's use let's boil it down to a household. You have a parents and children, right? And when it comes to spending in the budget of how a household spends its money, for the most part, who determines how the money is spent? The parents or the children? Well, in most cases, obviously, it's the parents because they're the ones earning the income to have the money to spend, right? 
The children didn't contribute in any way in most cases. Why should they can they can share what they want? They can request, but should they have a a a vote at the table on how the family budget is spent? And the answer is no, they shouldn't. That's 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 responsible <laughs> it's it's being fiscally responsible, okay? And we need a whole lot more of that in our government going forward. If we're going to beat this inflation, and that's one of the major things missing, and think, consider that when you're voting in this midterm election. Again, it's not about Republican and Democrat anymore, I don't believe. It's, is this representative likely to be more or less fiscally responsible with my money? And nearly everyone who votes is fiscally responsible, or you, if you would be broke. I mean, you'd be owing money. If you spent more than you made, you'd have lots of financial trouble, Right. And again, if you even if you receive a majority or all of your money from the government, there are people like that, you still should be fiscally responsible with how the government spends its money because if it wastes it or or prints too much, that creates inflation, which all of us deal with whether we pay taxes or not. This is a basic economics 101 lesson that the average American or the majority again need to understand. And so because there's overspending, we have high inflation. That's why the average 401k, for example, uh, you know, has lost a significant amount. Uh, for example, this last study, the average 401k in January 1st of 2022 had $135,000 in it in the United States. That same 401k is now just over 100000 In other words, it's lost about 35% of its value. So if you're looking at your 401k statement and you've lost 35% since January 1 of this year, you have to ask yourself a simple question. Well, one, you know you're in the you're in the average, okay? Hopefully yours is not as bad, some are worse. But do you want to see fiscal government uh, uh decisions being made that affect your money, your retirement and, and all that while you have a a government that's just denying and stating things like Biden, quote unquote, our economy is strong as hell. Yet people are losing 35 percent in their 401ks, record inflation, record fuel prices. I don't think that equals strong as hell. Contact me at toll free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com to learn, learn more about how to navigate this economic chaos we're dealing with. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And today we're discussing my thoughts on this upcoming midterm election and really what is on the ballot. And again, those are... Fuel prices, high fuel prices, high inflation, and high crime. All three are at record or near record levels. And it really boils down to, it's not about Republican Republican or Democrat or conservative or liberal or anything like that anymore. These are basic kitchen table bread and butter issues. This is you going to the store and buying a loaf of bread or filling up your gas tank or as many people are doing today, um, something like I saw this other study here, 
um, about half of adults are now considering second jobs to make ends meet. I've seen all other studies, things like stating um, that uh, approximately one-third of Americans are two months behind on their utility bills. Folks, you're not behind on utility bills and there's, unless there's financial trouble. And winter's coming, and especially in places like in the Northeast that use a lot of fuel for um, their heating needs, prices are going to be higher than they've been in maybe all, ever, okay, but certainly in decades. You have also, I've seen studies showing that upwards of 70% of Americans today are tapping into savings to make basic ends meet. In other words, cover their food, housing, and clothing. Look, folks, as we go each month, this high inflation drags on month after month. More and more people will fall off the wagon, so to speak, run out of savings, and then what? And like I said, they're not, again, not making enough to pay for their basic living expenses. Something like two-thirds, I've seen studies upwards of 70% of Americans. That is a lot of folks, okay? As I stated in the last segment, recent studies showing the average 401k in the United States right now is down 35% from January 1 of this year. Now we're, we're in that October. So in 10 months, they've lost 35% of their retirement savings. That's the average. There's some that are not as bad and and some that are much worse. Folks, this is basic economic survival stuff. This is not conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, libertarian, or anything else like that. Think about that. Consider that. (laughs) I saw saw somebody joke, and it's it's not a funny joke, but it's a good point, is every voter, when they go to vote, before they do so, whether it's you do it by mail or in person, you should go to the uh, you should go to the uh, gas station to either mail in or go to vote, and fill up your tank and get some groceries, and then maybe that'll remind you of why you want things to be different and to change. And it's very clear, as I stated in the first segment, most people understand the. The policies that the current administration has foisted upon the American public are not popular, and something like 70, 75% of Americans state that this country is headed in the wrong direction, in their opinion. I'm in that group. And if you feel that way, despite what the media says or anything else for that matter, you're in the majority. You're in the a vast majority. And maybe you have never voted for a conservative or a Republican. But what you need to understand when you go vote is, is fiscal responsibility important? Do we need a government going out there and reducing energy supply, spending more money than we have, creating inflation, creating high gas prices, high fuel prices, High crime, allowing you know the border to be open, which increases crime literally just about everywhere in this country. Are those the things that you want to continue? Do you want to live your life that way? Do you want your, your family and your kids and your grandkids to live that way, not only now, but in the future? I mean, many of these things, like with crime, we'll get into that in the next segment. I want to encourage you to stay tuned, are going to last 
for many, many years going forward, even if it start, it'll take time to, even if it does get cleaned up, which I'm not certain that's going to happen yet, but it will take many, many years to clean up. And so I think it really boils down to that Clinton was right. It's the economy, stupid. People will vote, for the most part, pocketbook issues. And a lot of people, because of the the policies, the fiscal discipline that has not existed whatsoever. It's not only that. There's no. Not only there's no fiscal dis- discipline at all or responsibility. They're just outright, just. And so they're just ignoring it. They're and trying to tell us and gaslight it that, the, as Biden said the other day, the economy's strong as hell, which is totally, totally not true. If you want to learn how to navigate this economic climate in whichever direction we go into going forward next year, contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com, and I'll show you how to thrive, not just survive. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And I'm going to finish up today with what I started with. And again, that's thinking about what's important coming up in this midterm election and why you may want to vote perhaps in a different way than maybe you've ever voted before in your lifetime. Again, maybe you've never voted for a conservative or a Republican for that matter. But the the issues that we're having, we're dealing with going forward, this go around, go far beyond conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, independent, or any of those other things for that matter. These are bread and butter, kitchen table issues. And the the big three that are affecting most people, of course, are high fuel prices, high inflation, which is causing the cost of everything to be higher, just about, and high crime. And really what I want you to do, this is what I'm asking you, not only for your, maybe maybe you far down the path in your life that it doesn't matter too much anymore for you, and you have personal reasons or personality reasons where you prefer one candidate over another, but I would, I would challenge you and, and ask you, I'm even begging you, to think about the future. And I'm thinking about this primarily, not only for myself, but all those people and, my, and our children and our grandchildren. What kind of society, what kind of country are we going to be living in in the future? Do we want one where, again, the number one priority impact on our lives is government, the biggest impact, even in terms of like, you know, what we spend for things like food and fuel? Okay, do we, I can say this, we've always lived in what we consider a very safe neighborhood, and we live in an area, North Scottsdale, and I've seen for the first time, I've been here for over, well over 20 years, and for the first time ever, we've seen things like homeless people on the street. We've seen at firsthand stalkers in the local Walmart. There's more and more of these kinds of things going on, and I know this may be normal in many in neighborhoods, but I have a wife and two daughters that are very sensitive to that. I, due to various factors, and 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 like particularly my wife with history with her growing up when she was young, 
she's very sensitive to those kinds of things. And we're, we're hearing and seeing more and more stories of this firsthand, not in the news report so much, just it's the where we live is changing because we are feeling the effects of so many people coming in from the border, from the southern border, and from the California border. Our Where we live is not the same as where it used to be. And as my wife said, she doesn't feel as safe as she used to because crime is up, and that's a statistical fact. And why is that? Well, we can again, just like we talked about before, the current administration policies, where we were talking about things like their energy policy causing, you know, causing high fuel prices by reducing demand and their their they're spending, uh, particularly in this la- that last round, spending another $1.9 trillion, for example, on the American Rescue Plan, you know, and when there was still a trillion dollars that had not been spent from the previous COVID relief, most people instinctively understand when you spend those kinds of dollars, record amounts, that's going to lead to inflation. But also having things like we had the most secure border, the lowest border, illegal border crossing numbers in 40 plus years in the previous administration. Whether you like the guy or not, that's a statistical fact. And now we've had the highest record in the last two years. They're now saying something like four and a half million illegals have crossed our border, southern border. Those are the documented ones. So that there's many that they didn't see or catch. So they, I, I have to believe that, conservatively speaking, we've seen 5 million-plus new illegals cross the border over the last two years, less than two years, because of the policies, the lax policies, not enforcing the laws that are on the books, frankly, folks. If, if, the, if our Department of Homeland Security was actually doing their job and enforcing the rules that are on the books, we wouldn't have those numbers. And... I'm not against uh, immigration. My gosh, I'm half Hungarian, and my dad dad immigrated from this country in 56 after escaping the Soviets. I'm a big fan of immigration, and in fact, this country was built upon that. But he did it the right way, and our country knew who was coming in. And we are still the land of opportunity, still. Hopefully that will remain. And how we vote in this midterm election, I believe, is going to have a big impact on how that's going to go going forward. Again, whether we're going to have be, continue to be the land of opportunity or be more of a land of dependency where we have a majority of the people dependent upon the government who has no money. Because, again, they get it from where? Taxpayers or print it. And, you know, let me point this other thing out. I'm getting off track a bit, but I think this is so important. When you have a government that spends recklessly, has no fiscal responsibility, and I think fiscal responsibility is so important and so key because nearly everyone has to be fiscally responsible. When you're not, you owe too much money and you owe too many bills. It causes serious problems, right? When you have a government that spends recklessly and you you and I have to, we can't do that. Those of us that are contributing to the system, those of us that do pay taxes, it's an incredibly discouraging 
um, factor. It makes you wonder why should you work so hard to then have a good chunk of that money go to the government for them to just spend it recklessly or outright waste it. You know, and I'm going to expand upon this thought a little bit further because this is something that really doesn't talked about a lot but needs to be considered. Because you see things, I see an article here where it talks about the State Department. This is a small thing, please understand, but it, this, is, this is, makes a point. The State Department is awarding a grant to Ecuador, the country of Ecuador, in Central America, for a cultural center to host drag shows in the South American country. Now, the grant's like $20,000. It's not a lot of money. But the problem is our government does this times a thousand, thousands of times. Why should our federal government giving, be giving, my opinion, why should we be giving any money to Ecuador? What benefit are we as citizens getting? What, what uh, I have a hard time really understanding or believing what interest is it in the U.S. government for us to be giving any money to Ecuador, for that matter, much less to a cultural center to host drag shows. You kind of see my point. You know, and, and a lot of people are against this whole thing about, you know, um, you know, the student loan bailout. I mean, these are all things that cost taxpayers money. You know, if you take myself, personal, I'm, you know, many people who pay taxes happen to be business owners and entrepreneurs, just like myself. And I'm in a position, for thankfully, fortunately, and I'm blessed, that I can kind of determine my income to a degree by how hard I work. And many business owners are that way. It depends on how much you do business you do, how many contacts you reach out to, prospective clients, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, typically, the harder you work, if you're good at what you do, the more people you reach out to, Obviously, the more business you'll do, the more profit you'll make, and therefore, the more taxes you'll make, you'll pay, I should say. And when you see things like this, it's extremely discouraging. So I, here's what I'm sending this message not only out to all the entrepreneurs and business owners and, and self-employed and independent contractors, but people who work regular jobs need to understand this. People who are, receive funds from the government need to understand this. A percentage of us are just going to say the tax, this continues. We're just going to say it's not worth it. And so I'll work a little less hard. I'll do a little less business, maybe do a lot less business, therefore owe less taxes. Therefore, there's less money in the system. If you discourage the producers enough, which is what is happening they're just going to sit on their hands and say, it's, it's not worth it. I'm going to step back. I'm not going to do as much. And there's nothing anyone can do about that. It's not like you can force us to go to work, right? I don't have a boss, okay? And that's why I guess what's encouraging going forward, and I'll finish on a few positive thoughts. There's a lot of really good things to be encouraged about. And what I'm going to say is I'm actually very, very excited about this midterm election because I have faith in the American people. I have faith in the idea of America being the land of opportunity. It was for my father who escaped, like I said, escaped the Soviets in Hungary and, and gave himself a better life. And for his family, who, I wasn't even born yet. I was born here. But it gave me the opportunity to live 
in a land that gave me the opportunity to do with what I want. And so what we need going forward is people who understand what this country was founded on, what we're about, and what opportunities we have. We don't need to be like everyone else. We are different and can continue to be different if we choose to do so. Our founding fathers, through the Constitution and the freedoms of the Bill of Rights, gave us tremendous freedoms and the opportunity to accomplish something great if we so were so inclined. So what we need is people to realize that, vote accordingly, vote for the fiscal conservative. Fiscal conservatism, I shouldn't say fiscal responsibility, actually, needs to be a primary factor in this our government. Vote the candidate who's going to spend less money of our money, not theirs. The government has no money, right? And we can push on them further to spend even less and stop creating inflation. Vote for the candidate that's going to give us the, the, the fuel independence that we need to avoid all this ridiculously high prices and dependence on foreign, foreign energy sources, many who are our enemies. That's ridiculous. And vote for the candidate who's going to be protect us. If a government doesn't protect us from crime, what's the purpose of that government? Let's face it. What do we really need them for? So it's those kinds of things, and we need leaders to step up. And we've got some of those coming up, like strong governors, you know, ones that will stand up to, like the uh, Ron DeSantis has become very famous and popular as a result because he stood up to the federal government on many fronts, okay, by many people. We don't need the type of leaders— well, for example, you got Senator Murkowski says she'll she'll vote for the Democrat running against Sarah Palin. It's because she's got a personal vendetta or issue with Sarah Palin. And you may may like or dislike her. I don't really care. That's not important. But it's not we don't need any more of these personal vendettas. It's not your Murkow, Senator Murkowski, what I would say to her is you are supposed to represent the people of your state as a senator. She's from Alaska, which is a very conservative state. Represent your people. Do your job. And if they don't do their job, like we have in Arizona here, a current Mark Kelly's current senator who votes 96% of the time with the Biden administration, in my opinion, he's not representing the interests of most Arizonans. If they don't do their job, vote them out. Don't, don't reward them by getting, allowing them to serve another term. Vote them out. Get somebody else and give them an opportunity to make a difference. And if they don't do the job, we'll vote them out too. If we send those messages, that's the one thing that you can be confident about politicians. They want to be elected and they want to be reelected. And if they feel like their job's in jeopardy, they will actually start to listen. Contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or com for more information on how to navigate this economic chaos that we're dealing with. And going into these midterm elections, I'm going to say this. I believe in the American people and in God we trust. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com.
This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and riders may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and baseline of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.